What's up, bitches? Happy Sunday, and welcome back to the best podcast on the internet, Brunch with Desby. My name is Des. I also go by Desby, and I am your marvelous host that will be hosting you this Sunday and every other Sunday and previous Sunday. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. If you haven't already, as always, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. I say that first because pregnancy brain has me thinking whole 9,000 things at a time. And I want to make sure that we share this podcast, support it, and review it to support me, support the pod, support this baby in my womb, everything above and beyond. Um, I would appreciate it for you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Like I said, happy Sunday. I'm currently drinking out of my hydro jug, code Des B. Just got some water. Just boring today. As you guys know, you should already have your drink in your hand. You should already have the blunt in the other hand or whatever you're doing this Sunday to make you feel good and kick back and get ready to relax. Maybe you're out for a walk. Maybe you're driving back from your one night stand. Maybe you're driving to work. Maybe you're driving home from church. Maybe your alter ego is coming out after church and you're listening to this podcast. Wherever you are, thank you for tuning in this Sunday. As always, I want to drop... A few housekeeping things before we get into the podcast, um, which by the title of this episode, you can typically see what we're going to get into. As always, though, make sure that you guys read the description box notes, like the show notes. This is just where you can find like what's going on, what's new, what's available, maybe like new merch, new launches, new information, my free Facebook group, all of these things in between are always in the show notes, as well as just like certain topics, a part of this podcast in general. So like, you know, maybe a certain segment that you really want to listen to or something, or just kind of giving you a brief, a brief breakdown of like what you're going to get out of this episode. By this point, um, you know, this podcast should be going live here in a few weeks. By the time you're listening to this, I'm going to be like past 31, 32, maybe even 33 weeks pregnant. I'm trying to get as much done while I still have the energy and literally the air capacity in my fucking lungs. Like, I don't think even I realized how much the baby grows in the last trimester and like the last few weeks where you're just like, oh my God. Things are changing every day. Like I feel like the beginning of of pregnancy up until about maybe like week 24, I was like, wow, like everything's just kind of slow, kind of slow. Oh, like I'm kind of showing a little bit more. Oh, I'm kind of feeling tired or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden it's like I hit week 28 and like out of nowhere, everything is just fucking growing and exploding. It's just crazy. I don't have leaky nipples yet. Kind of waiting for that, but I will say, I was literally in the mirror this morning, putting on my my baby oil. Um, I just use honest, honest mama's like belly oil, and I literally looked at my titties and I was like, "Wow!" Like, I wouldn't be embarrassed to breastfeed in public because my titties look so good. <laughs> so it's just kind of one of those things. But there's just my body is just changing, and it's so crazy how your, your bod literally knows like, Hey, like you're about to have a child. Here's what, here's what your body, what we as a body need to do. Here's what we need to do. Um, it's just so beautiful. So again, by the time you guys are listening to this, I am like 
we're like in the home fucking stretch fam. Like I literally started this podcast before I announced I was pregnant, but I did know I was pregnant. And so it's just crazy that the past almost now, like, you know, technically nine months, almost 10 months, like y'all have been here with me, like listening to me every week. So if you hear me like out of breath at any point, or there might be like some weird jumpy edits in here, I have terrible fucking acid reflux. Like, I don't know why it's just like I eat something and I throw it up in my mouth. And then number two, I'm starting to kind of get out of breath sometimes. So I might be taking extra drink breaks. Um, and like if I'm breathing heavy, just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm really excited for today's podcast though, because this is one I've been wanting to do for a while and one I wanted to revisit. But to be very transparent, sometimes it can be kind of triggering to me to talk about um, just because like I look back at where I was at this, these times I was competing because I mean, obviously that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and I just think of like where I was mentally and like who I was as a person, where my mental health was, where like how I was treating people during that time, like my mentality, my outlook. And, and I just like, don't like who I was. However, I like who it made me, you know? So I really wanted to break down competing today and just give you guys an inside look at like my experience, financials, you know, how much money do you spend on it? Where does your mental health go? How does your body feel? What happens? Um, and just really take you guys through my journey and then kind of wrap up with like my outlook and like where, where I'll go going forward, like competing again, post-child, like all of these things combined. So again, please rate, revive, did you get that? Rate, review, subscribe, share this podcast, share it with someone who's maybe looking to compete, share it with someone who has competed, um, post it to your Facebook, post it wherever. I would just really appreciate it. Thank you guys for being here and let's get into the fucking podcast. competing. If you guys don't know what competing is, or you like, you hear the word competing and you're like, what do you mean? I'm going to be talking today about competing in NPC, N as in Nancy, P as in Paul, C as in Catherine, bikini competing. So what this is, is basically (laughs) a vanity contest, right? It's all about kind of being vain in yourself. Um, who has the best physique based on literally just three bitch ass judges, right? That's literally all it is. However, it's a great place where people can better themselves. They can transform. You get yourself to a body, um, a body point that like you've never seen before. And it is quite magical and fascinating to see and to go through and to just like appreciate the human anatomy, the human body. It's, it's crazy. So I want to kind of revisit my experience competing in, in my story, just so you guys can understand like the complexity of my journey, where it's come from in like full circle, 
where it's at now. So it's going to be like a little bit of a story time to start, but I promise you guys, it's going to all kind of like flow into what you need to know to kind of distinguish if you want to compete or not too. But I want you to understand my situation, my experience first. So starting back in 2015, I was in college and I was playing college volleyball. During this time, I was in school for exercise science, physiology, and I knew that I loved weightlifting. Weightlifting was my favorite part of college athletics. The conditioning and the strength that we had to do was just, it sucked dick, but it was so fun to me because it was just so competitive. And I realized that's when I really loved like being in the weight room. So I always would hound my strength and conditioning coach in college, just like, you know, what are you, why are we doing this? Um, you know, what, what would I need to do to, to be in your job one day? How, how can I do this? And I even got to the point where I asked if I could come in earlier to do more strength work. I was kind of a bench rider to be very transparent. I did get a lot of playing time, but I wasn't a starting player. And for me, that was also really humbling because it taught me that being on the court isn't as important as being a great teammate. And then the ability to become better comes from the weight room and how you train. So that's kind of how I fell in love with the weight room is because it made me better to where I saw more court time. So when I wanted to go in early to do extra like, you know, weight training and stuff like that, it wasn't like as uh, terrible for me because I probably wasn't going to play. So if I was a little more sore, um, I'm, I would be hundred percent. Okay. To sit the bench. <laughs> so once I got in, once I got into weightlifting and stuff, um, you know, experience was great, whatever. And if you guys would like a podcast on why I got kicked off the volleyball team or my college experience in general, like, let me know. Um, but <laughs> I ended up getting kicked off the volleyball team in 2015, or I'm sorry, 2016. And during this time, I became completely lost. You know, I, I, I was stripped of my identity as an athlete. My dad introduced me to CrossFit, and um, I had been doing CrossFit for like a year and a half on and off, like kind of like when I would just go visit home. It would be the thing that my dad and I would do together, right? He'd be like, hey, you want to come to the CrossFit gym with me? I'm like, yeah, sure. That was how we hung out. We loved, my dad and I, dude, we love getting down together. Like we love going and doing like obstacle course races, Spartan races, Tough Mudders, um, CrossFit competitions, Murph. You know, we love doing that shit together. So it's kind of our bonding thing. So once I got out of college athletics, I was like, okay, how can I compete? Oh, fuck. I'll do CrossFit. Duh. I'm good at it. And I understand Olympic movements. So I started Olympic weightlifting and I did really like it. Um, however, it came to the point where that December, um, my orthopedic surgeon kind of explained to me because I was having knee problems and shoulder problems. You know, if you want to be on the ground one day with your kid, which funny full circle, full circle moment, right? Um, if you want to be on the ground with your kid, you're going to need to fucking stop CrossFit straight up. So I made the hard decision 
in December of 2015, and I'm sorry if I said 16 earlier, my brain is fried, to stop CrossFit. So I started 2016 with just getting in the gym. I just created my own workout programs that I was kind of learning how to do through college. And I was just in the student rec center working my ass off, just really enjoying lifting um, and, and just enjoying being my best self in the weight room. One time I was in the weight room though, and a girl approached me and said, oh my gosh, do you compete? And I was like, what, like what kind, like, what do you mean? Like I did CrossFit. She's like, no, no, no. Like NP, like bikini competing NPC. I was like, what? You know, (laughs) so I didn't know about any of this. The only thing I knew Arnold Schwarzenegger for was not the Arnold like fitness. It was like Arnold, like California mayor or whatever. Like I, the Terminator, you know, I didn't know about his bodybuilding physique and his background and history. So when I got home that day, I literally Googled NPC bikini competitions and I read on it all fucking night. And I was like, oh my God, this would be sick. I was starting to be more body aware and realize that my body wasn't where I was like comfortable with because I was drinking a lot. And that was the first time in my life, you know, at 20, literally 20, almost 21 years old that I was like, hey, I like, I'm not confident right now. Like what? Like what? So I stopped drinking, started um, competing, literally found a shit coach on Google, hired him, paid him. I regret it to this day. Not really. Again, it was an experience. It made me who I am, but he was just the fucking shittiest and shadiest fucker in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, and so he literally had me on meal plans. It was just, it was terrible. Um, nowadays I feel like that's very few and far between with the ability we have to like have online coaches who know their shit. But at this point, this like IG coaching shit wasn't popping. Like no one really helped online. So I had this guy competed for my first time, long story short, November of 2016. At this time, I was following a very strict regimen of like oats for breakfast, fucking chicken and broccoli for lunch, egg whites for snack, um, a handful of almonds for fifth meal, fucking protein. Like it was so bro. Um, I did not know what macros were. I was just following this plan. Okay. So I go to compete in November. I win. I'm like, fuck it. Wow. I did really good. I'm going to do another show. Went, did, did another show. Won again. After that, I was still young and I wanted to do nationals, but like, honestly, my body wasn't there to like do good at it. Okay. I was still just like this scrawny 21 year old girl. My body wasn't just, it just wasn't developed. I didn't have the muscular maturity yet to really excel. After this, I ended up finding and meeting my friend and my coach, Nick Comodina, who took me through a literal 15 month bulk. I mean, I was like on and off doing little mini cuts here and there. Um, but ultimately I was growing my body. I was allowing myself to mature because I knew when I turned 23, yes, when I turned 23, I wanted to go for my pro card. All right. I was like, you know, fuck this. My body is going to be awesome. I'm going to go for it. (laughs) So 2018, I prepped, 
went hard AF. This time I'm following macros. You know, it was a much easier prep. It was much more fun um, and easy as relative. Okay, it still sucked ass, but it was way more enjoyable than my first experience around. So at this point, I did three shows. All right, I did two, a regional, one regional show, one at all. Then I did two national shows. First national show, I got ninth. Second national show, I got first. Swept it, one, got my pro card. After that, <laughs> that was my last show. Last show. Five shows total I've ever done, um, but only competed two seasons, right? So I didn't like prep, prep, off prep, 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 off prep, prep, prep. I, I banged out as many shows as I could in that time where my body was ready because why the fuck would you only do one show? Like, and again, I'll get to that. I'll break that down. So after that, um, I went into a hiatus, got engaged. I was going to prep again, actually. It was July. I went pro. I was going to prep again in November. I tried. At this point, though, my body was not budging. Wasn't budging. I had just gotten um, my boob job a few months earlier. I got them done in July, about two weeks post-show. And um, my body was just still recovering. You know, there was so much still going. I had just moved down to Florida. Um, It was hard for me to get out of this like post-show binge cycle and not like disordered binge cycle, but just like, hey, I was in a cut for way too fucking long. My body's hungry cycle. So I I capped it. I was like, you know, I shouldn't compete. After that, I stopped prepping. Um, I stopped having a coach and I just kind of prepared for my wedding, which was that coming year, 2019. Um, after that, obviously fast forward, we moved back to Ohio. Here I am now I'm fucking pregnant. Boom. Okay. So long story kind of broken into a a shorter part. So I want to kind of elaborate on a few different things. Number one, what a lot of people ask me is how did you get into, into competing? So obviously, as you guys heard from my story, I got into competing because I knew I wanted to be competitive that that it's in my fucking blood. I want to compete. I want to be better than other people. That is my type three Enneagram. (laughs) It is my strength, but also my downfall because I am very competitive. I'll be the first one to admit that. And I don't care because it's gotten me to where I'm at. If I ever lose, I still am proud of myself. Like I still thrive off competing and I still take lessons from that. So I'm not like a sore loser, but I'm like, okay, well, what can I do to better myself next time? So I got into competing because again, CrossFit failed. I don't really advocate CrossFit at all. Um, And then obviously I was like, I want to also transform my body. At this point though, I think it's very important to mention I had been weightlifting for years. You know, I've been in college athletics. I had a background of muscle. Okay. I didn't just wake up one day after slamming hot Cheetos and alcohol for three years and be like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to transform. I'm going to compete. I had the background. I had the education and the knowledge building from college to where I kind of came in with a little bit of an advantage. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't compete if you aren't in school for fucking exercise science. I don't give a shit. It's more so though, realize where is your body currently competing can be very hard on your body. And if you get into a fat loss mode, especially that extreme and competing, and you try to lose all this fat, you won't be in a phase to gain muscle to where when you lose that fat, you will look skinny fat, okay? Literally Google what skinny fat is. 
It's where you don't have enough muscle mass and you lose fat to where you then just look kind of twiggy. You know, you don't look tone. Hate that word, but you guys understand when I say the word tone, you know, what comes up in your mind is exactly what you vision. So I, I think it's just important if you're someone looking into competing, number one, where's your current body at? I suggest at least a year or two under your belt of building your muscle. That means being in a caloric surplus. That means tracking macros um, or tracking calories. That means being diligent like with your diet, being intentional, being in the gym, or else, again, it's just, it's not, it's not fucking worth the mentality, like the mentality behind competing if you're not there to do well. I understand some people are just like, I just have a goal. I just really want to say I did it. 100%. And I can, I can back that. Hell yeah. You have a goal and you want to fucking accomplish it. Go for it. However, again, and I'll get to this, you have to weigh the mental issues that could come with this goal. It's not just a goal like, oh, I just want to feel really good on the beach next summer. This is a very extreme goal. Competing is a very extreme sport, not for longevity, definitely not to create like a new maintenance, like, oh, my body's just going to look like this all the time. No, the fuck it's not. So that's kind of how I got into competing, having the background, knowing that I wanted to be competitive and truthfully knowing that I, I just wanted to fucking win. All right. I didn't go in with a mentality of like, oh, I just want to, I just want to place. Hell no. My goal was I want to win the whole competition and that's just who I am. So I knew that I wanted to be in a position physically where I could win. If I didn't, if I couldn't win with like the way my physique looked, I wasn't going to do it way too much work to just like not win or like, again, that's my mentality. If your goal is to like place, sure. But like you understand, I'm just sharing mine, my little feedback. (laughs) Another question I get then like kind of following up that is, okay, you got into competing. So why haven't you competed again? Well, here comes the string of things that we can talk about here. Financials, mentality, um, mental issues, even disordered eating tendencies, um, body dysmorphia and lack of, you know, relationships, throwing away friendships, throwing away, um, everything being selfish. This leads into like a fucking can of worms that we're going to spill. So do I plan on competing again? I'll cover that at the end. Why have I not competed since I competed? Well, number one, honestly, life got way too fucking busy. Number one, you know, a lot of shit has happened in the past two years, which is crazy. It's been two years since I went pro. Two years. Two years. And I can truthfully say it wasn't until maybe I got pregnant that I started to let go of like, my thought process of where I thought my body needed to be all the time. And again, I'll, I'll kind of elaborate on that, but a lot of stuff just happened, you know, family deaths, got married, planning a wedding, living in Florida, um, moving back to Ohio, buying a house, getting pregnant. I mean, like that's, there's my two fucking years right there. It was crazy. You know, it was like, boom, boom, boom. So number one, financials. 
This is something no one tells you a lot about in competing is uh, don't forget it costs fucking money and it costs a lot of money. And I don't care the amount of money you might have. The amount that it costs for competing is like literally dumb. I mean, it is so stupid Um, due to like the amount of work you have to put in, the amount of work that like the people that put on the shows don't do. So like the amount of money you put in for the return of like the production of the experience you get, they make so much money. It's sickening. Like the NPC, IFBB, all of them, they make so much money because their costs are so low. So competing breaks down into a few different pro- like kind of processes of what you have to pay for. So number one, you're going to need a coach. I know a lot of people that have done it by themselves because they have coached other people. Cool. Cool. If you want to do it by yourself, have fun. The thing with doing it yourself is number one, we are our own worst critics. You're going to set yourself up for failure a lot easier than someone who can look at you from an unbiased standpoint and go, hey, we're on track. Hey, we're not. If you look in the mirror every day and you're in a fat loss phase, this is how a lot of my one-on-one clients come to me. They're eating like 1,200 calories a day because again, they're trying to correct their own diet without the education behind it. So if you see your, yourself and you're like, wow, I kind of look fat today. I'm going to do 30 extra minutes of cardio. Having a coach keeps you from doing stuff like that because they tell you what you need to do and all you have to do is mindfully trust the process, be honest with them, and then they will lead you to success ultimately, right? You have to put in the work, but they kind of provide the blueprint. So number one, a coach, all right? So you're thinking, what? I'm, I'm gonna try to math mathematize this, but I need to keep it in easy numbers. So let's just go... a month. That's probably going to be in between your really low expense expense coach and your high expense coach. Okay. So let's just go a solid 300 per month. Next, we have to factor in supplements. Not that you need a, a lot of supplements. A lot of coaches will try to tell you, you need X, Y, and Z. In my opinion, especially during a prep, because you're, you know, kind of malnourished, um, honestly, and um, you're in a deficit, you know, you're going to need probably probiotic, fish oil, maybe greens drink, and multivitamin. So about, let's just say four supplements, okay? And then we're going to probably add in our pre-workout because you're going to be deathly tired. And then we can add in our BCAAs because again, since we are on such a low level of food, this could be one of the only times where BCAAs could be actually really applicable for recovery. Okay, so that's six supplements. Let's say that those six are like about $20 a piece. Again, guys, I'm just going straight math. A lot of these are gonna be like 30 to $40. So let's just say an extra $120 a month for 30 servings, right? of these supplements. Okay. So $120 per month. We got $300 per month for coach sups. Now we have our gym membership. All right. So let's factor that in because a lot of people don't, but Hey, you got to go to the gym. You got to get your shit done. Say this is pre COVID too. So let's just say for shits and gigs, $30 a month gym membership. Again, I'm kind of going within low ballpark, maybe planet fitness, 
to upper hand maybe like a lifetime or something. Another thing we have to factor in now is food, groceries, all right? Again, you're eating less food because you're in a deficit. However, a lot of what you're eating is going to be more expensive foods because you want volume. So you're going to get like the the rice or not like the rice noodles, but like the shirataki noodles. You're going to be getting anything that's low carb, anything that you can create recipes from that's low carb. That's going to add up. So let's just say, again, I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass. Say we're going to like Aldi's. Let's just say $200 a month on food. I feel like that's pretty low, but it's fine. Next, we have to factor in our other expenses, which are going to be our bikini, possible posing coaching, and then also like travel, um, NPC card, as well as like hotel, okay? So NPC card, I believe is like $100 a year. So there's an automatic 100. Then our bikini, dude, my bikini was like maybe two grand. So again, think about being bougie versus like the cheapest you can go. Let's factor in jewelry, shoes, and bikini. Let's just honestly call it an even $1,000, okay? I know it sounds like a lot, but again, you, <laughs> this is a lot. Next, we got to factor in um, the entrance to the show, all the classes that you'd probably be doing on top of posing hotel, all right? So hotel, travel, Again, it's probably going to be a weekend. Say that you can drive there. We're not even going to factor in a flight. Say that's still like a $300 hotel weekend. All right. This is us staying at like the fucking Red Roof Inn. Not even like a nice, you know, Hilton hotel or anything. Then we got to factor in posing and entrance into the show. So posing, you could figure out on your own. Don't get me wrong. But if you're here to win and you're here to look good, I swear to you, you're going to want a posing coach or else you... Your posing can totally make or break the way your physique looks. So we'll factor in a total of like, let's say an extra $600 between entrance into the show, all of the classes you have to do plus posing. So right now we're at, so it'd be $2,820. And that's just for one show. And again, guarantee you that is low. Oh shit. You know what I didn't even do? (laughs) I didn't even, um, factor in the fact that these are like monthly expenses. So if we take three, six, seven, eight, nine, 20, let's say nine, 20 by, oh my gosh, how many months? Let's just say, let's say six months because you're going to need to be prepping for at least 12 weeks. And I mean, that's like low. You usually prep for like 16 to 24 weeks, but I'm just kind of factoring in, you know, say that we have, um, I don't know, like say that we have a little bit of reverse dieting to do after or whatever. Okay. So this is just for show prep. $5,200 a month. That's going to be your coach, your supplements per month, your gym membership, and your groceries. Then you factor in that extra 
2000 well, $1,000, $2,000 for your bikini, posing, NPC, travel, etc. So that's $6,200 in six months if you factor in all that. And again, like I told you guys, that is bare bones of what you will pay. So finances can be very hard. Granted, are you paying all this up front? No. Can you budget each month for it? Absolutely. But you want to make sure, again, that you're understanding how much this sport costs. And it's all on you. You you don't take out fucking loans to compete, okay? This is on you to come out of your bank account. Are there ways to skimp around? Sure. But honestly, if you're going to do it, why would you not want to feel your best? You know, get the bikini that you look the best in. Get the color that you want. Get the pretty shoes. Get the nice makeup. Get the nice jewelry. That's something I didn't even factor in is your hair and your makeup and your tan. So add in another $300 to $400 um, for show day even just by itself. And again, that didn't even include flying. So that's one show. One show. Financials for competing is something a lot of people overlook. And again, I'm not here to harp on it. I loved competing, but looking back, that money, I could have invested that shit in like real estate, not in a compete, you know, competing. Am I thankful for it? Absolutely. Competing made me who I am. Competing gave me a lot of experience. It gave me rapport. Um, people trust me because I've been through damn near every kind of physical fitness journey in my life so far, you know? So, um, now I have this postpartum coming up. I'm currently pregnant training. I mean, I have a lot of experience because I competed and I'm very grateful for it, but finances are just not worth it. Okay. For me, for me, especially knowing like different things that I had to pay for and different things that come up or even like a, Oh shit moment. You know, your house floods, your fucking car breaks down. What are you going to choose? your car or a fucking sparkly bikini you get to wear for two two minutes on a stage. That's where you have to make that conscious decision. And again, that is up to you. I'm just simply putting it out there. So finances. Next, all right, show day. Say you have all the fucking money in the world. Don't we all wish? So show day's done. All right, we're done competing. Say we say we even won. Let's just call it a fucking clean sweep. We, we walk out of there with a goddamn sword and a little metal. What's next? Most people will probably do another show, all right? Again, if you're gonna compete, guys, get the most bang for your buck. Plan out like three shows to do within a month or two. It is not worth dieting that fucking hard and doing that much cardio to not get the most out of your season, right? So say you're done competing, all right? So you did two shows before everything was great. Now is the hard part post-show. How do you feel? What do you do? What are your goals? What's next? Most competitors come out of shows really fucking struggling because we don't know what's next. We don't know the trajectory of our life. So you'll have two different kinds of competitors. The competitors that come out and go, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's next. Or you'll have the competitors that come out and go, okay, fuck, let's get it on the calendar. I'm, I'm going into five months. I'm going to compete in this show because, because they need another goal to keep going or else they're going to rebound or revert back to old habits. So 
I don't think it's bad if you have another calendar, you know, event picked out. But a lot of times if you don't have that upcoming goal, especially as like a post-show feeling, you you will spiral down very fast post-show. For me, I was pretty good. I had like two days after my show where I just like couldn't stop eating. And again, your le- your hormones of leptin and ghrelin, which respond to hunger signals in the body, are completely destroyed after a cut like you have to perform for competing. Again, competing is not a lifestyle cut, guys. I don't with my clients, we're not we're not cutting like competitors. We're cutting like the average woman. If you get into competing, that prep, that cut, that cardio, that those circumstances, way different, way more hardcore. So after the show, for me personally, both my shows, I had about three to four days where I like couldn't stop eating. And you have to realize your body is so depleted that you immediately gain back fat. That's why they call it a lot of times, they kind of refer to it as like a red zone because post-show you will gain fat so fucking fast if it is not controlled. Now, a few days, having a few days, you know, you're not going to gain back an excess amount, but you're so depleted that you're going to feel fat, even though you are literally not. But again, that's, that's a negative aspect of competing and what it does to your mind and your body dysmorphia and how you view yourself. I look back at pictures where I was like, oh my God, like I'm kind of thickening up. I was literally a bean pole and I thought I was thickening up. I mean, it's disgusting, but like it was in my mind. I could not fucking help it. That's literally how I saw myself. So after the show, you know, you can become very overwhelmed with guilt of what you're eating, guilt with reverse dieting. You you know, you don't want to diet because you don't want to gain weight because you think your body is maintainable where it's at, but you really know it's not, but you really wish it was. And it's just, it's a slippery slope, guys. And especially for someone um, who has maybe gone through negative bouts of body dysmorphia before or negative relationships with food, it can be really, really bad. Like it can be really bad, really quick. If you allow yourself to compete when mentally you weren't even ready to in the first place. So post-show, you know, you can get into binging, you can get into bulimia. I mean, it can just really uncover a lot of deep rooted like food relationship problems. So that is something to also be very mindful for too. Any coach besides me and probably a few others. I mean, obviously there's other good people out in the bad apples. Any coach will take your money to coach you. Any coach, regardless of having a negative background with food relationships or anything else, they'll coach you because they want the money. They don't give a fuck about your well-being. And I can promise you that. I had my first coach run out on me after my show. I had to reverse diet by myself and I didn't even know what that looked like. I didn't even fucking know what a reverse diet was. I was still learning everything myself and I had to figure it all out solo. And it was really hard on me. It was really hard on my emotions and I didn't know what to do or how to feel. I didn't know if my you know, inability to stop eating candy was normal. Like no one told me what I was gonna expect post-show. So after going through 
my last show, I went pro, got my boobs done. I had to not work out for like about six weeks. And even when I returned to working out, you know, it was very light. I couldn't do much. You know, my boobs were still healing. So I went right from being my leanest ever going pro to starting to gain weight, which at the time, you know, I look back and I looked amazing, but for me, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm losing myself. I'm letting myself go. So it's very hard to see your body change, but especially then when you're like not working out. So I was struggling. I was moving. My priorities were different. Life was different. And it was just, it was a time where like I, I was really disappointed in myself and I had no reason to be, but I put this false image of in my head of what I needed to look like all the time. So that's another thing with competing that no one talks about is like the post-show, gaining the weight. How long does it take you to feel good again? You know, it took me, like I said, up until I probably got pregnant to actually let go of how I feel about my physical image. And it might return after pregnancy, you know, postpartum, but I'm, I'm really focusing on my relationship now with food, um, with my body, with, with my, my love for the gym. And I'm very thankful that I have a passion for the gym because I don't have to prep to be in the gym. I don't have to be in prep to want to go for a PR. You know, I, I just love the fucking gym. The minute that you make the gym a place where you're only there to transform is the minute that you make it a, a negative space for you to be in. Because all of a sudden, it goes from being a mental escape to a chore. So I think that being in the gym now, you know, I, I got pregnant technically in February. And even during this time, I was struggling tracking my food. Like it was just, it was really hard for me. You know, at this point I'd done it for like almost three and a half years, almost four years. And I was like, dude, like I'm, I'm tired of tracking my food. Like I just want to, I want to feel good about making healthy decisions on my own. And I was still struggling with that. You know what I mean? Like I still, even after times in years, I was still struggling with just wanting to, to find my balance. And again, guys, this is, this is my fourth, you know, third year in my fitness journey, almost fourth. And I still was struggling with finding that for me. So you can't expect it to come to you right away. But now that I, you know, once I got pregnant, I stopped tracking food. I said, fuck it. I'm going to gain weight anyway. So here's the time for me to see how I can be my best self without having to rely on macros without having to, you know, can I wake up and just naturally be like, wow, egg whites and oatmeal sounds really good. You know what I mean? Like, am I out of that mindset of just wanting shitty food? Like, how do I fix this relationship that I have with myself? So once I got pregnant, stopped tracking, I've, I've never ever been happier with my relationship with food. And again, guys, this transformation of my body over the years has led me to the point of being able to do this, okay? Because if you've only been tracking or whatever for a year, this could still be hard for you. Your body's not transformed where you want it to be, and that's okay. So keep pushing so that you can get to that point 
where you can just confidently start to back off and find that balance and moderation in your natural life without that constriction of macro tracking every single day, okay? Tracking has taught me a ton of things because now I'm able to wake up and just make good decisions. But if one night I just really want some pizza, I know how I want to format my day ahead of time so that I can enjoy that little surplus of calories without having like a 5,000 calorie day. So competing has allowed me to learn stuff like this, but it's also really inhibited my emotions with my body and where it's at. Again, I, I finally feel like I'm starting to let go of those expectations. Like I look back at the pictures of like when I first found out I was pregnant and even then I thought that I was not lean enough and trust me I was plenty fucking lean like to the point of being like just too skinny at this time but like I look back and realize how dis disconnected I guess is the word I was with my body and how it looked versus now so you know competing overall not only are you spending a lot of money but you're spending a lot of mental energy. You're losing yourself to this sport because it is a very selfish sport. You, you say no to family events. Your sex drive goes down because your hormones plummet down. You're, you're, you're sacrificing time with friends because you don't want to go and be mad because you know you can't eat what they're eating. Um, you, you don't go to eat, you don't go out to eat, out to eat often because it's a fucking pain in the ass to figure out macros or you just have to eat a shitty ass salad with fucking nothing on it. It's hard. It's hard and you have to sacrifice so fucking much for it. I, again, as much as it taught me and grew me, it also took away like a, a small chunk of my life because I was so wrapped up in my physique and my goal that I forgot about like the people around me. I mean, even on Instagram, like I look back at my content that I produced during my time competing and it was like, everything was about me. And I know that's like the point of social media. Cause like, let's be honest, we share our journey and that's what I was doing. But the way I was doing it, some days just came off. Like I'm, you know, rereading these old posts and I, it just came off so cocky and but when you're so wrapped up and engulfed in yourself and your goals, that's what happens. You know, you become selfish. And again, like I said, you push away those people. And I mean, d- during the time of competing, you know, why it has been there for me since my first prep, since I started prepping ever. And even he is just like, you know, I'll, oh, he's told me, like, I think even like just recently, you know, like last year, you know, I'll, I'll always support you if you want to compete. Like you have an amazing physique, you have an amazing body to do it, but like it's hard for me to see you go through that because I'm truly a, you're, you're a different person, not just me. Everyone, when they compete is a different person and it takes a lot away from you. So even if you want to watch people that compete and they upload their picture date night with my hubby or date night with my boyfriend, they, who knows what's really going on in that relationship? Because I know I did that with Wyatt quite a few times and yeah, we might've had a great, great date night, but then the, that whole night I was sick cause I overate. Or I woke up the next morning and I cried to him because I felt fat. You know, like you don't see that, that mental disparity that goes on behind closed doors. 
And again, this can happen in a cut, even just in a cut. So imagine a cut times fucking 100 to step on a stage just for three motherfuckers you don't know to tell you if your physique is good or not. It is the most judgmental sport of just physique. You know, maybe you have a great personality, <laughs> but really it, it is just, it's, it's very hard for me to condone competing and support it but I would also never tell someone to not go for it. Like, I don't know. I'm very in between. A lot of my clients have asked me, you know, do you think I could do good? And I'm like, um, I'll be honest. You will not go pro. You could win a regional show if you want to do that. Um, I think that the amount of, of unrealistic expectations when you compete is just astronomical to where a lot of, you know, people with no other physical background besides starting to work out a year ago, they place this thought for themselves, looking at people like myself or other, even like just other athletes. And they're like, wow, I'm going to be there. It's like, look at where I've come from and how I got there. You know, like everyone has to start somewhere, but you just can't set that expectation for you, like right out of the fucking gate. So if it's something that you're willing to work on, something you have the financial means to do and do it right, go for it. But again, doing it right is key because if you don't, you, you will fuck up your body. You will fuck your hormones. If you get a shit coach just cause they're a hundred bucks a month, that could fuck you over a lot more than just like not competing. So I just encourage you guys to make responsible decisions. You know, where are you at currently with your body? Where are you at with your relationship with your body? Where are you at financially? Where are you at with your time? You know, do you even have time for this? Because it involves a lot of dedication. And again, that time that you might have where you spent it usually hanging out with your boyfriend, you might now be too fucking tired to even talk to him. That can then put a strain on your relationship. You know, you have to really consider everything around you. You really do. And again, this isn't to shy anyone away or scare you from competing, but I'm here to be fucking honest and I'm here to share my journey and kind of coincide it with how anyone's could go. And, um, everyone will have different experiences. And even for me, dude, I, I had great experiences. I mean, I never, I was never low in calorie and I was never doing a lot of cardio and it was still fucking hard for me. I was lucky to have a body that was very responsive. A lot of people have to eat even lower food than me than I did, have even lower calories, and that sucks ass. So even for my experience, like I had a quote-unquote good experience compared to some other people, and other competitors have even told me like, what the fuck? Like you were able to do that? And I was like, yeah. So... please be smart. Okay. Please, please just think about it. Please take all factors into place, write them all down. Why do you want to do it? Why do you not? And if you're someone who really just wants to transform period, you know, Des, I just, I just want to feel good in my body. I want to have a goal and I want to crush it. Legit check in the description notes right now and fucking email me. We will transform together and I will not 
put you through a competition in order for you to achieve that. We will figure it out together and I will take care of you. Um, I also have my other coaches too, guys. We, we strive for lifestyle changes and I want you to feel good in your fucking body. I know how important that is, but you don't need to just compete and go to the extremes to see that. Let me help you in a way that you can take through your whole life and not just for a small glimpse of it and then fucking hate yourself for another two years after until you're finally quote unquote recovered from like your post-show dysmorphia. Okay. That was kind of a heavy topic today and I'm sorry. I felt like I talked a lot, might've bounced around, but there's so much that I, I would, I just want to share and I just want to tell you guys and I want to protect you. Like you guys are like my little children, even though some of you might even be older than me. <laughs> I just, I love helping people. And like, I hope you guys can hear that through like the way I, I talk on this podcast and what I share and how I want to just be transparent because we don't have enough people that can fucking do that for us. I, I always thrive off of the motto kind of be who you wish you had. And like, that's how I want you guys to feel is like, if you don't have a person like me in your life by your side every day. I want you to come on this podcast. I want you to come to my Instagram, come on my Facebook group, come into my challenges, come into my one-on-one coaching. And I want you to feel my presence daily, right? I want to be that person for you because I wish I had me for me. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm just like, I fucking love you, bitch, because I love me and I wish I had me to talk to me. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just have to listen to my podcast and act like someone's talking to me. But I hope that this kind of shedded a little bit of light um, on this topic. I mean, again, there's so much that can go into it, but hopefully for you guys looking to compete or have just like kind of questioned it or even just wondered what it, what it's all about, you know, hopefully this can give you a little bit of insight. And, you know, I fucking, I hate inviting you guys to do this because it is very embarrassing to me, but I encourage you like go back to my few years ago, like on my YouTube and watch the videos of me like during prep because you will see the shift in my maturity, my energy, my presence, my presentation of myself. And it is all attributed to simply just like not competing anymore and not working to please other people. You know, I've, I've lived my whole life pleasing my coaches, pleasing my teachers, pleasing my NPC coaches, pleasing the NPC judges, pleasing people on Instagram, you know, wanting to be the best, wanting to be someone people clap for. And I simply don't give a fuck anymore. And again, I think a lot of that comes from, uh, from kind of erasing that identity of being an athlete, being, being someone that has to show up for other people in ways that I don't want to, you know, I want to show up for you guys here. Um, but taking away the physical aspect has just been a really huge eye opener for me. So again, guys, if you listen to this full thing, thanks for being here. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, share this with someone. Um, you never know who needs it. You know, maybe they're just, maybe they just want the tea. I don't know. Um, make sure you check the description notes again for some additional information, but, um, again, email me if you're ready to change without a competition. I promise I have your back, but have a great, 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 great Sunday. I'll see you guys next week for another episode.